Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. As we start our episode today, I want to share with you some news. The Bigelow Institute has just published their 29 winning essays from their $1 million Proof of the Afterlife Contest. The Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies was created in June of 2020 by aerospace entrepreneur Robert T. Bigelow, to support research into both the survival of human consciousness after physical death and, based on data from such studies, the nature of the afterlife. Robert Bigelow is the founder of Bigelow Aerospace. These essays are very scientific, well thought out, and very well written by these individuals, and most of them being doctors and scientists. So I just received the news that these essays are out this morning, so I haven't had time to look through them yet, but I wanted to give you the website to read these winning essays. The website is bigelowinstitute.org. I also want to read to you a letter that I received this week from one of our Shades of the Afterlife listeners. It touched my heart deeply and had me realize how important it is to learn and to know the reality of the afterlife. It helps comfort us and it even saves lives. This letter also includes a nice story of a near-death experience by the listener's father-in-law. Hi, Sandra. I lost my beloved dad to cancer this past July. The disease was not discovered by doctors until it was too late. Sadly, he passed away just a few weeks after his diagnosis. My dad was my best friend. He was my North Star, the person I turned to in life for wisdom and advice. In the aftermath of his passing, I was completely devastated. I had never felt grief like this in my entire life the kind of grief that you feel deep in your belly, the kind of grief that makes you cry like you've never cried before. I felt like I was drowning, and I didn't know how to cope. I read a few books about grief that helped me to understand what to expect during the grieving process, but did little to comfort me. And then I discovered your podcast, Shades of the Afterlife. From there, I discovered your book, We Don't Die. I had been wanting to write to you and thank you because your podcasts and your book single-handedly gave me hope and comfort during the darkest time of my life. I know that you can relate to my loss, so listening to your story and your words have really inspired me to live to the fullest. I see life through a different lens now and find myself wanting to be of service to others more than ever before. I have a second part to my story that I want to share. About a month ago, my father-in-law was rushed to the emergency room due to a torn aorta. He underwent a six to eight hour surgery and was lucky to have survived this medical emergency. The doctor said that if he had arrived even 15 minutes later, he would not be here today. After his surgery, he was talking to my husband in the hospital as he was recovering and wanted to share something with him, but felt a bit of reluctance. After a while, he told my husband that sometime during the operation, he felt his soul leaving the earth. He went to the other side, where he said he felt an amazing peace. He said that he saw a river, and across the river were a group of people, One person had their back turned, but he said that he recognized that person. 
and it was my dad. He called my dad's name, and my dad turned around and saw my father-in-law. He said to my dad, I'll be right over. But before he could cross the river, he was pulled back into his body. When my husband told me this, the tears streamed down my face. I can't even describe how I felt in that moment. I had been praying and hoping for a sign from my dad, so to receive this was truly amazing. You are right, Sandra. We don't die. And thank you to our listener for letting me share that today. I've received many emails from listeners and readers of my book, We Don't Die, that have chosen not to take their own life. One gentleman wrote these words this past week. I will be without my beloved this year, but you have single-handedly saved me from suicide with your wedontdie.com site. I don't even know how I stumbled upon it. You have literally saved my life. I share these words with you because even though I love researching and talking about the afterlife, my true motivation is to give hope and understanding to those experiencing grief. I know and you know there is nothing worse than losing a loved one and feeling grief. Grief is something that's not spoken about too much, but it has the power to end lives or ruin them. But grief can also be the start to a spiritual journey when we start looking for answers. And with those answers, I know miracles come because we get to discover that our loved ones are not gone. They have survived. We will see them again. And it's just like they went on a journey to a favorite vacation spot early. We'll definitely meet them over there, but we still have work to be done before we travel. I read this quote this past week on our Sunday gathering, and in different words, the author describes death. It's called The Ship by Charles Henry Brent, who was born in 1862. I am standing upon that foreshore. A ship at my side spreads her white sails to the morning breeze and starts for the blue ocean. She is an object of beauty and strength, and I stand and watch her until at length she hangs down like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and sky come down and mingle at the horizon. Then someone at my side says, there, she's gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight, that's all. She is just as large in mast and spar and hull as she ever was when she left my sight. Just as able to bear her load of living freight to her place of destination. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just at that moment, when someone at my side says, There, she's gone. There are other eyes watching her coming and other voices ready to shout, here she comes, and that is dying. I thought today would be a good day to share real-life stories with you from friends, listeners, loved ones, and some people who have been with the dying. So lean back, get cozy, get a cup of coffee or tea or hot chocolate, and let's dive in. What's interesting is before we take that journey over the horizon, as Brent talked about with the ship, two great things happen to us. We've heard a lot about deathbed visions, and we'll hear more today. No one dies alone, and loved ones do help us across. But also, we can have extremely vivid dreams of our loved ones who have already passed. On doing my research for this show today, I stumbled across a great YouTube site, Hospice and Palliative Care of Buffalo. Interesting, because the man who runs it is Dr. Christopher Kerr, who also wrote one of those award-winning essays for the Bigelow Institute's contest. He's a hospice physician, end-of-life researcher, and the author of the book, Death is But a Dream. The first one is a story of a dream before dying. Patrick didn't cook with one single exception of making his grandmother sauce, which he did, I want to say, about every four, six, eight weeks. 
through the entire 16 years I knew him. Patrick was the only member of his family that knows how to make the sauce. And for all the years I knew him, he insisted something was missing. After his grandmother had passed? After she had passed. And she had passed well before I had ever met him. I even tried to help him make it once, and I got banned from the kitchen. Fast forward, this would be the Sunday before he passed. He woke up in the morning, and I couldn't get him to eat. He wasn't hungry, total loss of appetite. And I'm like, baby, we got to make you something for breakfast. What do you want? He goes, I'm full. Pat, you had a snack pack pudding yesterday. You're not full. And he's like, oh, no, I ate with Nana Dolores last night. As real as I'm sitting here, he believed he made sauce with his grandmother, said he could smell it, he could still taste it, he was full from it, and she showed him after all these years what he had done wrong, which is the very last step before you take it off the burner was to add a teaspoon of sugar. It was so very real for him to the point we spent the next seven and a half hours, because that's how long it takes, making his grandmother's sauce. And he was so sick, and it was the only day I was ever allowed to help him. Well, let's say it was very strict with the orders of the sauce, and we kept bringing the pot over, so there are certain things only he could do. We made the sauce, he added the sugar. Last time Patrick ever ate. Every morning he woke up saying, is today the day I'm gonna die? And I said, you'll go when you're ready. And he was ready. I think this is a man who was at peace. And very honest, if, if your last dream in life is about spaghetti sauce, there's nothing more peaceful than that. It didn't appear to be a memory. To him, it appeared that he was participating. And that's one of the things I found very different. Did that dream help? help you accept that reality further. Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. And um, not only the reality that he is gone, it's made me think of maybe there is something out there after we go. If we can get a secret ingredient to a spaghetti sauce in a dream before we die, what else is possible? So when we come back, we're going to hear more about dreams and visions from our listeners. We'll be back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. Hey folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, 
Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot shades. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Happy New Year from your friends here at iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're talking about dreams and visions. And normally, we hear these wonderful things by people that have written books, or have been in movies, or people that are well known. But I thought it would be nice to just share some stories of everyday people. So as you may know, we have a Facebook group. And if you don't know, you can join it. Just go to wedontdie.com and click on the link up the top of the page that says Facebook group. I reached out and so many people wrote back some beautiful, beautiful stories. So I'm going to just read them and I've got a nice little ding that will go off between the stories. I'm going to keep people's names out of it and I just want you to sit back and listen. The night before my childhood friend found out she was terminal and only had a few days left to live, she told me she had a dream that felt so real. She said she was at a celebration or a party that was being thrown for her with what she called royals. She recalled this intricate throne chair, elegant stairs, and a group of people dressed beautifully. She said she had to go around to everyone and tell them goodbye. She felt sad because she didn't want to leave, but she was so grateful everyone came to celebrate her. After learning about her diagnosis, I called my mother. I mentioned the dream, and she immediately sent me the soft pastel drawing that she had been working on the day before. It was a picture of the same image the friend described. Four years ago, when my close friend was in the last months of his life, the cancer he was battling had taken away his ability to speak. He would struggle to speak and whisper on our calls until our communications were relegated to only texts. After not hearing from him for a few days, I awoke from a vivid dream of him looking positively beautiful, smiling, healthy, eyes sparkling, head full of thick hair. In a clear voice, he said to me, no more communication, just call. I felt good when I awoke, thinking of him as being well, but it took me a little while to realize that I should actually follow his request to just call. 
When I called his house, his wife told me he was not good and that the hospice nurse was there. He passed within a few hours of my call. I am convinced and feel honored and blessed that his spirit came to me before and during his passing. I was seven and a half months pregnant with my first child when I got a distressing phone call from my grandfather. My beloved grandmother in another state had had a heart attack. While the paramedics were able to get her heart started again, she had been too long without oxygen and was in a coma where she remained. Time passed and my child was born. We had been home from the hospital about two weeks when I awakened from a sound sleep at about 5 a.m. I could hear my grandmother's voice calling my name, and in my semi-awake state, I thought I was speaking to her on the phone. In retrospect, I realized that the communication was actually all inside my head because I never spoke out loud, but we did communicate, and I did not see her. I only heard her voice. At first, I was just as glad to hear from her as always and excitedly asked her if she knew I had my baby. She did. We chatted about some inconsequential things for a few seconds, and then I realized I could not possibly be speaking to her on the phone. But Grandma, you've been sick, I exclaimed. She laughed her familiar chuckle and said, Yeah, but not anymore, honey. I got up a few hours later, thinking what a strange dream I had. Within 24 hours of this event, my grandmother died. When my mother called me to tell me she was gone, I didn't have to be told. I said, I know why you're calling, Mom. While I miss my grandmother, I don't really mourn her because I feel she's still around and still a part of my life. My father-in-law had a visit from his deceased sister about a week before he died. My mom told me she had been seeing her grandmother and sister, both who were deceased, a lot in her dreams in the week or so before she passed. My dad was at home with hospice and was unresponsive for several days. Then, about 5 p.m., his nurse came running out of the living room and said, Your dad is waking up. I ran into the room and saw him with his right hand up towards the ceiling and mumbling some words. I said, Dad, can you hear me? And got no response. He was just laying flat on his back with his right hand up toward the corner of the ceiling. After a few minutes, his hand dropped. I left the room, and then about 20 minutes later, the nurse came running out of the living room to tell me that my dad's heart just stopped. I ran into the room and was going to do CPR, and I felt this overwhelming feeling to leave it alone. So I just stood there in awe as I watched him exhale his last breath with one tear running down his cheek. A couple months later, my dad came to me in a dream and told me he left me, my wife, and my two small children $5,000 in his top dresser drawer and wanted us to have it. But he never got the chance to tell me where he left the money before he died. The next morning, I woke up and told my wife about the dream, and we both just sat there in bed trying to make sense of it. Then my wife said, well, go check. So I got out of bed and went into my dad's room and opened his top dresser drawer. I took out some books, papers, and some old magazines, and there was a white envelope. I opened the envelope and it contained exactly $5,000 in cash. I about passed out and me and my wife just started crying. This was back in 1994 and ever since then I have researched life after death because I know for a fact there is another side and it is wonderful. That last story reminds me of one of my stories. There's a person that I know that said he had never believed in the afterlife. However, after the death of his dad, he had a random stranger come up to him that told him she was a medium and that his father was desperate to give him some information. So, of course, he listened, and the message was that your dad had put some gold coins behind a brick in the fireplace. So my friends, this gentleman went back to check in the fireplace and sure enough, there was a loose brick and behind it 
was some coins. So this fellow, his mind was changed about what else is possible. I was at my sister's bedside for her last hours. About half an hour before she passed, she looked up into the corner of the room and said, what about those people over there? I looked up and didn't see anyone. She was gone shortly after that. When we called my parents to tell them she had passed, my father said he had a dream just a few hours before of two women in nightgowns, one blue and one white. He said the first person went by really fast and he couldn't see who it was, but the second one was my sister. He knew when we called what had happened even before we told him. My mother transitioned on the evening of October 31st. A few weeks before she transitioned, she was happy and smiling and she said, there are so many people here that I don't even know 50% of them. She was also having conversations with her loved ones in spirit months before she passed, even telling me what they were saying and giving me encouraging messages. The day before she passed, she excitedly told me and staff more than once that it was time for her to go. I slept next to her in a cot the night before she had passed and had a beautiful visitation dream where I was with my mother and holding and stroking my beloved dog that had passed a few years before. And this story is from a hospice nurse. I held my grandmother's hand as she lay dying in the bed. She had been paranoid in the previous days, claiming the doctors were trying to kill her, and even claiming to see aliens attempting to steal her away. Today, however, was different. As her hand lay limply in mine, Oma, as I called her, turned her face towards me, eyes bright and gleaming, cheeks flushed and with a look of wonder on her face. They were here last night. They came to see me, she said. Who, Oma? I said. The doctors? No, she said, her voice lowering to barely a whisper, as if she was trying to keep some special secret. My father and my brother. They were here singing and reading poetry to me. She smiled and relaxed back into her pillow, deeply satisfied. Although her father and brother had passed away decades before, they were very dear to her in life. Her father was part of a barber shop quartet, and both of his children grew up to be musically inclined. My grandmother played the piano, a talent she passed on to me. She passed away a few days later, and I knew exactly who welcomed her home. Looking back, I find it interesting, though, and not surprising that her deceased mother had not figured into her deathbed visions. While she had worshipped her father and loved her brother dearly, my grandmother had a very cool relationship with her mother. It makes perfect sense that her mother might have known that appearing during the dying process would be stressful for her grandmother, which convinces me that this wasn't a hallucination. When people hallucinate, generally, the visions are convoluted, anxiety-producing, and nonsensical. This couldn't have been more perfect if my grandmother had designed it herself. What about the aliens? Well, at first I thought it was simply paranoia, but now I believe she might have been initially visited by light beings, perhaps her guides or angels that she misinterpreted as aliens. Perhaps this is why her father and brother were sent in, to calm her and help her transition home. On the other hand, it's possible the alien sighting was due to an over-medication. I don't know, but I don't doubt the rest of her visitation. And we'll be back in a minute to hear more stories from just regular people. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We're happy to let you know that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. 
My name is Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com. Over five years ago, George Norrie approached me with a unique concept, a dating site for people searching for someone with interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal. From that, ParanormalDate.com was born. It's a unique site for unique people, and it's free to join to look around. If you want to upgrade and enjoy more of our great features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. So check it out. You got nothing to lose. ParanormalDate.com Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are talking about visions and dreams that comfort all. Hospice nurses report these types of events as pretty routine. Their occurrence is so common that they use these visions as a sign to let them know to call the loved ones. These visions happen generally when a person is experiencing an extended dying process from illness or from old age. Even patients who are in coma or unconscious or have dementia, Alzheimer's or Parkinson's may experience something known as terminal lucidity. Prior to death, people who couldn't speak or recognize loved ones suddenly open their eyes and address the family with complete clarity and lucidity. This may also be incorporated into a deathbed vision where the dying person simultaneously addresses the living and the vision of their deceased loved ones. Steve Jobs was said to have a deathbed vision. His final words as he looked out past his family were, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. A nurse tells this story about Roger Ebert, who was a film critic, and this happened the week before he died. He had a vision. The one thing people might be surprised about, Roger said that he didn't know if he could believe in God. He had his doubts. But toward the end, something really interesting happened. That week before Roger passed away, I would see him and he would talk about having visited this other place. I thought he was hallucinating. I thought they were giving him too much medication. But the day before he passed away, he wrote me a note. This is all an elaborate hoax. I asked him, what's a hoax? And he was talking about this world 
This place, he said, it was an illusion. I thought he was just confused, but he was not confused. He wasn't visiting heaven, not the way we think of heaven. He described it as a vastness that you can't even imagine. It was a place where the past, present, and the future were all happening at once. In a study conducted, they reported that 50% of the tens of thousands of individuals they studied had experienced deathbed visions. Medical science has accepted that deathbed visions do occur with statistically significant frequency, but opinions differ as to their cause. Called death-related sensory experiences, doctors attribute deathbed visions to either hallucinations caused by high doses of medications, such as morphine given in hospice environments, or cerebral hypoxia, which is a lack of oxygen in the brain. Although no formal, conclusive study has been done, it is reported that deathbed visions occur worldwide and throughout history in subjects both medicated and non-medicated. Certainly many people die without the benefit of hospice care, and yet deathbed visions are continually reported. If it were caused by narcotics only, we might see an increase in highly ordered visions in all patients taking doses of morphine. Yet, only those close to death have these very particular types of visions. Secondly, the visions are highly ordered and sensical. They typically make sense to the individual and to the observers when described. And overwhelmingly, these visions contain descriptions of people who are deceased. Hallucinations caused by a dying brain wouldn't distinguish between the living and the deceased. And one might suggest that hallucinations would contain people, places, and images of the patient's current surroundings in recent life, not deceased family members who may have died decades before. The lack of living family members in the visions argues against the hallucination hypothesis. Lastly, a brain starved of oxygen wouldn't produce clear, logical, and ordered hallucinations. A lack of oxygen in the brain makes it less likely to create images, sound, and memory. So you would expect those hallucinations to be fragmented, disjointed, and not make any sense. The good news is that when our time comes, we will be comforted by beautiful visions in the outstretched arms of parents and friends who have died before, welcoming us home. So let's hear some more stories, shall we? I've been a nurse for 34 years and have seen multiple people, and especially my beloved father and mother-in-law, who saw loved ones in the corners of the room. I even saw one of my patients at the end stage raise his arms up and smile and then peacefully pass away. My mother had been in and out of hospitals over the last year, near death at each admission. She was alert and not delusional. She had congestive heart failure and lung and kidney cancer spread throughout her body. One morning in the hospital room, about two in the morning, all was quiet. My mother stared out the door of her room and into the hall that led to the nurse's station. Mama, what do you see? I asked. Don't you see them? She said. They walk the hall day and night. They are dead. She said this, and she was quiet and calm. Her surgeon said there was no point in treatment, as cancer had spread throughout her body. He said she might have six months to live at most, maybe three months, so I brought her home to die. The night of her passing, she was restless and anxious. A few minutes before eight o'clock, she said, I have to go. They're here. They're waiting for me. Her face glowed and the color returned to her pale face as she attempted to raise herself and stand up. Her last words were, I have to go. It's beautiful. And then she passed at eight o'clock. Several months later, my alarm clock, which was broken and had no batteries in it, went off at eight o'clock. I could feel the presence of my mother and her amusement at achieving such a task and bringing it to my attention. A year and two months to the day of my mother's transformation, she appeared in my kitchen as whole, healthy, and young. 
I was surprised, knowing she was dead, but so happy to see her. I said, I love you, and she was gone. She had come back to say a final goodbye and let me know she was happy and okay. I was in my grandfather's hospital room holding his hand. He had five heart attacks during a three-day period. He looked up at the ceiling and said, Oh, look at those beautiful flowers. I looked up. There was a bare light bulb. He then had another heart attack, and the machine screamed. The nurses ran in. They revived him and put in a pacemaker. He died about four days later. He wanted to go back to the beautiful garden. I had just returned home from the hospital after spending the night there with my dying mother. No sooner had I sat down, the phone rang. It was my brother informing me that mom had passed. When I hung up the phone, my not-yet-two-year-old daughter was in the living room, pointing to the corner of the ceiling and excitedly yelling, Nana! Nana! I do believe my mom had come to say goodbye. Just before my mother passed, she said that Dad, her Charlie, had come for her. But she said that she sent him away because she wasn't ready and she was still angry with him because he left her alone when he passed several years before her. The night before Mom transitioned, I was with her. All of a sudden, her eyes shifted to where she was looking out the door and a big smile came on her face and she let out a cheerful sound. I asked her what it was that she could see. Mum's reply was Robin, my horse. Robin was my mom's horse when she was a little girl. Mum wanted me to stay that very last night, and I know I should have, but after she fell asleep, I left. I have no doubt that Robin was the first of many that came to show Mum the way home the next morning when she transitioned. My grandfather, during his final days, would often stare up and smile at the wall in the corner of the room. Being completely weak, he did manage to sit straight up one day and started waving, still to the corner of the room. My aunt asked him, What is it, Dad? What do you see? Is it Mom? My grandmother died 30 years earlier. My granddad said, Yes, it's your Mom. My aunt said, And how does she look? My grandfather said, All right. I love that response. He passed the next day. The last few days before my mother transitioned, she was bedridden and lapsing in and out of consciousness. She would smile, look into the distance, and say that her mom and her sister were there speaking to her. It was a great comfort to us to witness this as a family. In later years, when it was my father's time to transition, a couple days before he passed, his words were, You'll never guess. Pa came and got into bed with me. He thought this was very funny and certainly gave him and us great comfort. My grandma lived in a nursing home in Tennessee. She saw angels in the corner of her room and asked if anyone else could see them. She passed a few weeks later. My father looked up in the corner of the room and told me that his mother and sister were hugging each other. They were both deceased. And I asked him if mom was saying anything. He told me, she is telling me to love you. In the year and a half before my mom passed, her health was failing. However, she was cognitively sharp and intelligent as ever. She was never a religious or spiritual person. But she told me one day that she had seen her own father at the foot of her bed, clear as day. Then, some months later, she saw both of her parents at the foot of her bed. She said it was comforting. I was happy for her, but sad knowing her time was limited. When my mother was on her deathbed, she sat straight up, turned her head to the wall next to her, and started a conversation. I could make out the words here and there. I could hear, okay, I'm ready, and yes, yes. She would nod and smile and point. I recorded it on my phone so I'd have it forever. She passed soon after. We can all be comforted knowing that our loved ones come to get us when it's our time. 
And if we're not seeing them, it's not our time. So we'll be back with some more stories in just a minute. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. The four The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for details. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Happy New Year from your friends here at iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are sharing stories of visions and dreams. I've not yet had the opportunity to interview Dr. Christopher Kerr, who is a hospice physician, end-of-life researcher, and author of the book, Death is But a Dream. But I stumbled across his YouTube channel, Hospice and Palliative Care Buffalo. Dr. Kerr says 80% of patients have these dreams and visions. How comforting for them to know that their loved ones are right by their side for their transition. Also comforting is for us to know that no one dies alone. It is possible that the closer we are to death, the more the veil between life and death becomes clear. For most of us, I think it's like we're looking at a very thick brick wall and we have no idea what's behind it. But for those approaching physical death, it's like only a clear shower curtain and they can see everything and everyone behind it. I clearly remember my friend who was a hospice chaplain telling me the story about his elderly father when he passed. A week before he departed this life, he sat up in bed 
and had a look of awe on his face, like he was looking into heaven. He said how beautiful it was. He was naming the people that he saw there. They were young and healthy, but of course, deceased. He even saw a friend of his who had recently died, but no one had told him of this man's passing. Someone from beyond told him that he just had a short time left to live and to do the things he wanted to do now with his physical body. He told his adult children he wanted to wear his best suit. He wanted to watch a game of his favorite football team. He wanted a hot fudge sundae and a piece of cherry pie. After all of those things were enjoyed and a lot of family time, he put his head on the pillow for the last time and went peacefully into the afterlife. I'd like to play now some words from a mother and daughter. The mother has cancer and is towards the end of her physical life. I think more and more people are getting a little bit more hip to dreams than uh, than they were before. When I think of my mother, I just think of a really vivacious, uh, energetic. Um, she was the type of person that when she walked into a room, it lit up. So when I walked in one morning, she said, I had the most amazing dream. And uh, I said, tell me about it. And she said it was so detailed and so real that she felt that it, it was actually happening. I was laying in bed and people were walking very slowly by me. The right hand side, I didn't know. But they were all very friendly, and they touched my arm or my hand when they went by. And But the other side were people that I knew. My mom and dad were there, uh, my uncle. Everybody I knew that was dead was there. <laughs> and they passed and did the same thing. She described this as more of an event that she would believe almost happened. She knew that it didn't, she didn't believe it happened because she woke up and she was at home. But she said it was as if she were in a different place. Boy, I remember seeing every piece of their face. and I mean, I know that was my mom and dad and uncle and my brother-in-law. That dream and her successive dreams and experiences made her feel comforted. I felt good. I felt good to see some people. And the other ones didn't bother me either. <laughs> I have seen my mother recently more. I can't say that my mother and I got along all those years, but we made up for it at the end. And she would say, she said to me, I'm not crazy, Jewel. And I said, I don't think you are, Mom. It's okay. So and when I told my family, that uh, I was happy about it, and that's what they asked. How does it make you feel? Well, I feel good about it. I feel the comfort and the peace that some of these experiences brought to her gave her exactly what she needed to, um, to pass on. Uh, for me, it affirmed that you're not alone when you die. Next, you're going to hear a story from a man talking about being with his wife before she passed. She started like chanting, I'm going home, I'm going home, over and over and over again. And that's kept up almost all afternoon. I'd give her, give her a drink or something, bring her bed up, and as I brought her bed up, her head would go up and still stare at the ceiling real hard. About, mm, I'd say right around 3 o'clock, I said to her, what are you staring at so hard up there? She says, it's the angels. They're coming down to take me home to heaven. And those were the last words that I ever heard her speak. She was total content. She had been fighting cancer for about 13 years prior to that there. And I knew that now she was at total ease. She's done. It was the end. And she realized that she was happy that she was gone. And how did she that would, make you feel? It put me at ease also knowing that. It's been hard at times. 
to grieve her loss. But knowing how she died, what mood she was in when she died, has put me at great ease over it, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think, you know, often about that experience? Do you ever revisit it? Oh, yes. It? Oh, yes. I think of it there a lot. And still, how I can hear her chanting over and over and over again. It's made me feel at ease knowing that she was at total at ease when she died. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that she was suffering or anything. She was happy that she was going. And the, the angels were coming to get her. Definitely has, has been ease as far as my grieving over, over her loss, knowing that, hey, that she was at ease when she died. Who do I want to dream of? Her waiting for me up at the gate. You know, she's the love of my life, and I want to get be back with her. Um, is there anything else you would like medical professionals who take care of people who are dying to know about these experiences? I, I think it's very. It's a field that really should be looked into deeply. That it's it's something that affects everybody. It affects everybody differently. The person that's losing somebody it affects as well as the person that goes and what their feelings are at the time has a great effect on the survivors so as to speak mm -hmm. and to know that they went out happy in a good mood not suffering hey that's that's the main thing no matter how much we believe in the afterlife, I think these stories are so comforting that towards the end, we are greeted, they're there, even our pets, and there's so much love. So let's hear one more story. So there was a lot of talk about, I had a dream last night and Gary was there, or Gary came to visit me, or we had dinner together. And she got to the point where she didn't even talk about it in terms of dreams. She talked about, I had dinner with your dad and Gary last night. Yes. Wow. That was not every day, um, but probably two or three times a week within the last year or six months. So pretty frequent. Pretty frequent. And she was very animated about it, um, very happy. And yeah. she didn't even talk about them as dreams. To her, there were they were something that happened last night. So... They made me feel wonderful because as I was getting off the elevator and thinking, I'm wondering what we're going to talk about today because sometimes she didn't remember what they did during the day while I was at work or maybe who else was there, but she always remembered her dream or vision or whatever she so had. And when I saw her that day, I was like, Mom, why did you go outside? You never go outside. You know, you know, um, somebody's supposed to go with you. And she looked at me like, well, I was going to meet your father. And I said, well, where were you going? How were you going to get there? And, and she just kind of looked around. Well, that wasn't the issue. The issue was that she was going to meet him. So then... I didn't know what to say at that point. And I said, well, where were you going? And she said, well, we were going to Niagara Falls to get married. <laughs> Life was different for her those last couple months because she had uh, like something to talk about, something to look forward to. And um, those dreams were pepping her up, were making her happy, were making her almost look forward to go to sleep, um, which I think is great. <laughs> Seeing that and being a part of that is a gift. And um, it was a gift for me. And I think it's a gift that should be shared. There's so many really profound words from the dying for the living and about the living. And I'm realizing with this particular episode that although I like to share with you my stories and things that I've found, 
it's essential for me to share other people's stories as well. So I promise I'll be looking for more of those and sharing them with you. Check out Dr. Christopher Kerr's book, Life is But a Dream. And then there's a brand new book that has just come out called At Heaven's Door by William J. Peters. And it's about the shared death experience, what people witness when their loved ones pass. We'll talk about that at a future episode. I want to remind you our home base is wedontdie.com. Join our Facebook group and let us know if you have any stories of dreams or visions. Also, you can attend one of our free Sunday gatherings or take a course with us online. I'm Sandra Champlain and a big thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.